Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please consider supporting Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. Uh, They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United, Y-E-G, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hey, this is Nicole calling from Hamilton, and I needed to let everyone know that I really proudly support Vish and Creative Control. I have for many years. I will for many more, as long as he keeps delivering these amazing interview podcasts. When you hear one of Vish's interviews, you think he's known this guest for years, they're good friends, Uh, but the truth is he approaches every interview, whether it's sort of up-and-coming indie artists or established icons or like famous intimidating comedians with uh, a really deep, genuine curiosity, so he's never met this person, and the same really warm uh, candor, so he's known them forever. I think it really lends to a great chat, no matter who he's talking to, and for that reason... I think you should throw Vish, like, what, a dollar a month? He's got jokes. The jokes make it worth it. Support Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. I'm Vish's wife, and remember, when you name a dog Janet or Timothy, you are dragging humanity down just a little bit. Land of Talk is a band fronted by Elizabeth Powell, who is currently based in Montreal, Quebec. Originally from Ontario, where they spent formative years in both Aurelia and Guelph, Powell has been writing and playing music publicly since their teens, and is regarded as one of the finest songwriters and guitarists of their generation. Following a prolonged seven-year break from releasing new music, Land of Talk gifted us with 2017's acclaimed Life After Youth. Luckily for us, we didn't have to wait as long for their excellent new album, Indistinct Conversations, which was released by Dynalone Records in Canada and worldwide via Saddle Creek on July 31st, 2020. Liz returned to this show so that we could have a chat about being back in Montreal since we last spoke, reuniting with the original Land of Talk Power Trio configuration. 
living life alone and among other people during a pandemic-induced lockdown. Aaron Riches and Fugazi's Guy Picciotto, their new approach to singing and guitar playing on indistinct conversations, future plans, and more. Part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control and Massey Hall's concert film series live at masseyhall.com where you can stream dozens of 30-minute films for free, including performances by past podcast guests like Tara Lightfoot, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 555th episode of Creative Control, featuring the lovely, talented, and thoughtful Elizabeth Powell from Land of Talk, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Liz. How's it going? Hey, Vish. I'm well. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Where in the world are you today? I'm in Montreal. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back in Montreal, living, living and breathing. How's that going? Last time we talked, you were in Aurelia area? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Back yeah. in my hometown. Right. I did sort of this little, I guess, unexpected hiatus that lasted about five years. And uh, yeah, I found myself back in my hometown. Right. Um, of Aurelia, which is my hometown before Guelph became my hometown at 12 years old. It's kind of this tale of two hometowns that I have to always grapple with. Like, what's my real hometown? <laughs> they're, they're both real, you know, but Guelph is where the music kind of started. But Aurelia is where my life started. So I guess I have two hometowns. Right. And your music and your life are both huge. Th- I mean, obviously, your life is a pretty big part of your life. And then... Right? It's... Yeah, I can't really... It's inextricably linked to my life as I know it. <laughs> we, we, I think we covered this... You were on not too, too long ago. On the show, I mean, like three... Yeah. Two, three years ago. So we covered yeah. covered some of this. But what do you... Now that you're back, as you say, in Montreal, what mm-hmm. do you what do you reckon prompted that hiatus as you described it? I don't know. Well, it could have knowing me, it could have been it was it was a confluence of things, but um avoidance. I think there was just this wanting to avoid certain things maybe in my personal life, mm. like a breakup that you're just kinda like, ah, head for the hills. Like so I think it was just supposed to be this little ah, I just need a break. And then I think and also touring and, and also my memory is so shoddy at best. So this was all like ten years ago, I think oh, I started I to hmm. so yeah, so it was like two thousand eleven, I think, is when I finally made the move. But um I think I just needed to regroup and just get a, get away from it all, as they say. Hmm. And that's what I did. And then I think as I covered in a lot of other like press for the last record, I ended up staying there because my dad suffered a major stroke and mm-hmm. ended up um, hemiplegic and um, he's still recuperating. He's doing well, better than ever, but um, I mean, better than ever, you know, post-stroke. But um, but yeah, so that kind of kept me there for a while. And then um, it just took me a while to get back to 
Montreal, which I always wanted to get back to. I just didn't know how to make that happen. So yeah, um, yeah. Bucky and the music and uh, the band, they, it, it all brought me back here. And I'm, I'm very happy to be back in Montreal. Okay, great. Now, sorry, who is Bucky for those of us who may not know Bucky? Bucky is who I started Land of Talk with back in the day, Mark Wheaton. We call it Mark Bucky Wheaton. He's a, an incredible drummer, jazz drummer. A lot of jazzers will know Bucky right. from his jazz chops. But um, he also is uh, he's who started Land of Talk. He, um, we went to Concordia University together along with uh, Chris McCarron. The bass play, bass player, um, who is also back in the band. Um, so yeah, this is kind of the this is the original uh, land of talk as I knew it, and uh, and we kind of all splintered off almost as the band got to a little bit of traction. We all <laughs> splintered off, and life got in the way. And then um, this this past couple of years has been a reunion, one of the best um, life affirming, heartwarming reunions. I gotta say, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Bucky, Bucky produced this record, and um, and yeah, he was on the last record too. But he's kind of what you know reignited the, got me out of my hiatus and reignited the land of talk aspect of my life. So yeah, let me uh, podcast psychologize what you just said uh, because Please do. that's what Please happens do. on that's what happens on these podcasts. So you take no, that's great. You take a, a long hiatus and you actually uh, circle back to. Uh, your family. By the way, before I continue on with my analysis, uh, you yeah. mentioned you mentioned your 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 father there. So your family's relatively well at the moment, you would say? Yes, all in good, all in great health. And by the way, this is free, right? Like your analysis. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not, usually I have to pay. <laughs> it's sliding scale with my therapist, but it's uh, seventy five bucks an hour. And since COVID, you know, I've been. Yeah. We haven't had any sessions, so this is great. So thank you. I, I appreciate you, Vish. I'm in the same boat, and I kind of think of you as my helper in these oh, matters. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, we don't connect that often. I would say, Liz, but when I need help, and you've been there for me it's actually i was looking to our through our text thread and i the last time we spoke it was a scare right yeah i yeah. had i had a bit of a medical well my mom was ill and then i had a thing yes. and it was bad and yes then, so you you yes. you sent me some help to try to deal with my stress hey. and anxiety so all i'm saying is it's a two-way podcasts are a two-way free therapy street is all i'm they getting really, at. you know what you know what they are it is it's a quid, quid pro quo exactly interviews con <laughs> their conversations so we're talking about stuff so i uh, I'm glad to hear your family's well. And uh, before I continue again with my analysis, uh, yes. by the way, you've left them to go back to Montreal. Uh, yes. And now there are restrictions uh, because of the pandemic and COVID yes. and everything else. How does that... I've had a few other conversations with people who, you know, Lido Pimenta can't go back to Colombia for the foreseeable future. And that's where she yeah. is from. And, and, and yes. other people can't travel... For a while, we couldn't travel between provinces. Like, I, I'm not going to go to... I'm very concerned about my parents in Ontario, and I can't go back there, I would think, for right, the foreseeable future. Oh, yes. So, no, yes, I'm in, no, no I, I'm in Edmonton. Edmonton just... You're in Edmonton. you got to be yeah. careful with that. The, the Calgary-Edmonton yes, friction is is a real thing. I know. I know it is. Oh, man. Maybe subcon Maybe I knew that, and I just <laughs> dropped that in for some little fire. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, oh, man. Right. So you are also separated yes, from family. Yes. 
Yes, it's a uh, it's a, the worst time I feel in a way yes, to be yes. away from my parents. So how do you feel? You, I I don't know when you made the move back to Montreal exactly, but how do you feel? That like, I assume you feel the same. You probably can't go see them if they if you need to. Yes, exactly. It's definitely something that I have to meditate on. It's definitely something that in my worst hours, like when my anxiety is higher, when I'm already feeling like the you know just the yeah the the general like world sick like angoisse like I just. I, I do think of like what happens, what happens if, and it yeah. happened to one of my close friends' father, he passed away and yeah. I, um, and they couldn't see them in there. And I just thought that's the worst, so that's worst case scenario. So unfortunately that just has to go into my, uh oh, work out how to deal with that, how to cope with that mm-hmm. fear. Cause mm-hmm. it is, it's just awful. And so many people have lost loved ones and have been like, have been in that situation. So that's just a tough one. That's just a, that's, that's a hard one. It's, yeah, um, and, and I've been the t- FaceTime helps. FaceTime, yes, that's really right. Really helps. Yeah, yeah. I t- was just FaceTiming with my dad right before you, uh, right before this. So oh. that totally helps. Yeah, I, um, the, the, that makes yeah. It is. It is a strange thing, as you may know. I'm, I'm experiencing it because I, I have children that are coming up now, and then my parents start to do things uh, in their senior years that feel a little childlike, or there's yeah. a little. I yeah. mean, yeah, you. You've got this going on yourself there too, but my. So I had a a, a, sort of a scare. My parents, I lost like a childhood. We call them uncles, like you know your, your your parents' friends in in our culture in Indian culture. You're like uncle, 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 right? Uh, Uncle and auntie. Yes. Do you guys do do the whites do that? Do you guys do that too? No, we don't do that. Whites (laughs) do uh, whites do stuff. Well, I guess I would say I have my auntie Vicky and uncle. Well, you know what? Maybe, but I wouldn't say my uncle. Right. I and then I would I would kind of then I always kind of do the disclaimer or I class I go oh it's like a surrogate father a surrogate parental figure right yes but I don't we don't say it as I I I, because I started watching the Patriot Act with uh, Hassan Minhaj and he says uncle like aunties and uncles so like yes I get that but yes uh, yes. I'm learning. Well, but yeah, no, we don't have it. It's not the same. Okay. But yes, just ver- just clarifying that fact, first of all. But my yes. my parents' dear friend and his wife held a barbecue. And yeah. six people, my parents did not attend, but four of the six people uh, contracted COVID. And then oh, no. the host who I've known, you know, I'm try- the host of the barbecue passed away. And uh, just last week, so 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 then I'm like, and they and then my parents said, and I they call me, and and then my mom said she they attended the funeral, and I and I lost my mind because as you may know, keeping track of the news when they say there's yes. an outbreak, yeah, because people have gathered for funeral or a birthday yes, party, yes, so I yes. lost my mind, and I'm here and I can't do anything now. They they did once the. Air had been cleared. My mom and my dad was like, just so you know, like we did not, everyone stood apart. It was all outside. Everyone was wearing masks. They did a little ceremony outside. But then I'm like, I can't do anything about that. But then I thought if I was there, also, I can't do anything. You can't control, you you can't control people. You can't control your parents. You can't control your children on some level. Exactly. You got to let go, right? Is that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So. It's the hard. It's so hard, and especially when it's your parents. Yeah. But yeah, you gotta uh, live, live and let live. Yeah. Even it, if you feel like it's killing that, like even if it's just such a high risk, like, even if they're living very high risk <laughs> situations. Uh, well, they're in the demographic yeah. that is the most susceptible. So I'm trying to. Oh, that's the anxiety. Like I'm trying not to be like my friend says. You can't be panicked about this thing, and I'm not 
I, I'm a hypochondriac. Well, you definitely I, can I, be panicked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, You're like, I'll prove it to you. I can be panicked. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to, trying to keep calm. And, and what I've learned uh, since I last talked to you, Dr. Powell, is that <laughs> I, I have control issues and I need to let go of things. And so that uh, this is this whole thing has been kind of good. I, I, I am trying to be the calm center of the storm. And, and people are like, why? My wife and my relatives here like why can't we get together why can't we do this and i said guys we just we can't no. and they yeah they think i'm being a jerk but I, and then every two weeks whatever i've said about precaution seems to come to pass you know other people right i know yes. I, I don't take any joy in being no right or righteous right. about it i'm just like yeah. guys like i'm just every just follow the stats and the info and yeah uh, Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's, this is the one thing then that I'm sure it was initially painful to the realization, like the whole pandemic, uh, you know, happening upon us and crashing down. And I would, I do have friends with control issues who are also saying a lot of the same things where this is actually, a lot of breakthroughs have been happening because it just forces you to let, you have to let go. Like Mm. this is the ultimate kind of test of, or or example of uh, exactly what we, can't control yeah. and then how do we cope what are our um this is what i've been learning all about is distress tolerance skills you know how do we tolerate stress without hurting ourselves without hurting others so i mean in, in a way and i hate to do the silver lining thing of the pandemic because yeah it's also disproportionately affecting not white lives you know like so i've got yeah. to make sure i'm not yeah. i'm not doing that oh but you know i've had so much time to reflect on <laughs> me and like who fucking needs to hear that right now excuse me <laughs> yeah, but so true. yeah but i do but but there are if i if i if we are, if we are talking in this vein yeah if it, if it is forcing us to sit with ourselves and for those of us who have the luxury of you know being able to be at home and not be forced out into the front lines yet um then yeah oof, this is a lesson in letting go <laughs> absolutely <laughs> a yeah. master class in no letting go. i agree this the time we, we we're getting a lot for those of us as you say who are fortunate to get that time, I think yeah. the time has been useful um, just for yeah. our own self-care. And, and yeah. again, these are sort of weird buzzwords to use, and I, I'm trying to be sensitive to the fact. That, right? And I know we both are. So. Well, to people who don't have the time, like I know it's a luxury to have this time and yeah. and, and sort of think about things and be calm. And uh, so anyway, it is a very, obviously a very strange time. So how are things in Montreal in terms of this stuff for you? Because for a while, Quebec... In our country of Canada, the, that province was an epicenter. Uh, it yeah. is now sharing, and now I'm in Alberta. I'm in Edmonton. By the way, when you moved from Guelph, did the whole world collapse? Because that's what happened when we moved from Guelph, and I'm starting to think it's our fault. Like we left, <laughs> and like everything went to hell. And and did you find that you? Oh, I didn't. I didn't notice that when I left. But you know what? You're not wrong. When as it is true. When did you you, you packed up and went? Like what? Right after in the new year? Yes, January we <gasps> left, and then I started. Yes. I started to hear from people were, uh, you know, people I loved were having issues. Uh, uh, <sighs> beloved business owners were passing away suddenly, and I was like, "What is happening?" There was a Liz. There was a stabbing in downtown Guelph. Like it, downtown Guelph what? is. It's getting. Oh no! You it's, were like the load bearing. You were the I, least, yo, I, no. I don't mean to put this back. on us, but we something went. We sold our house and remotely, and then you know because of that market butterfly effect. Yeah. Yes, the market's so dumb. We we were like we did well, so to speak. You know, we oversold. Nice. And yeah. yes, that was fine. I guess we took advantage of a system that we had been. I had been criticizing for ten years because we couldn't 
One of the reasons yeah. we left Guelph, yeah. you, we wow. can't you can't move. You can't move anywhere. You can't you can't have two kids and a two bedroom house forever. It's not viable. And then you try to move, yeah. Yeah. and the real estate's <sighs> crazy. Anyway, then yeah, February we sold the house, and then that's when you think on it. That's kind of when everything went south. Like a month later. Wow, it so, is true. Looking yeah. back, <laughs> <laughs> what I, have you done? I don't know. It's not. I don't take any joy in any of this. And now I'm all like I said. People are mad at me because I've been correct about a few things. And now they're like, "Are you? Do you know things that we don't know? Who are you? What is right? going on?" Yeah, then it's suspicious. Yes, all of a sudden. yes. Yeah. But did you find? Did you when you left Guelph? Did it get better? Did it get worse? Did you hear anything? Oh, no. When I left Guelph, it was so long ago. Oh, man. And I must have had my head so far up my... I don't even know. I don't think anything changed. Okay. Oh. Anyway, sorry. I was just being... being oh, I know. Uh, when I left Guelph, it was uh, I missed being a, a big fish in a small pond. That's all I noticed. Yeah. That it might, for my own personal... Like, but anyway, yeah. yeah. So how is Montreal... I'm sorry. I, I'm jumping all over the place here. But how is Montreal yeah, yeah. to live in during this uh, whole thing well to be honest because of just who i am as just like a very solo dolo kind of person i i isolate pretty much um on the regular for better or for worse so mm. i got my dogs you know i'm a pretty much i'm a homebody yep. um so for me personally you know in one way i i was thinking oh um personally this isn't much of a switch like once i'm off tour all I want to do is stay at home and, you know, Netflix and play music and and hang out with my dogs. But um, I have noticed that it is crucial that I do, like, not being able to leave the house at all. Like, it was almost like being on double lockdown. Like, I already personally self, self-isolate. So then to, to not even be able to, when I needed that little sanity kind of just to go out and, and socialize just for a bit with somebody or even just to go to, a, you know, the... Uh, pharmacy yeah. and just kind of scan the aisles mindlessly almost as like a med I know I know everybody knows what I'm talking about just kind of that you just kind of get into that meditative state if you have the luxury of having a little bit of time on mm. your hands yeah. just those little moments I realized meant a lot more than I had given them credit for so and just being able to go for a coffee like little things <laughs> like that that actually were you know had a lot of weight for me like a lot of meaning and just in my kind of in daily interactions i yeah. mean actually in terms of conversations like you're probably somebody who has the most conversations in life and you have a family and you do podcasts and yeah you seem very you're just very you're conversationalist and you can i realize i haven't had a conversation like save like a couple conversations with uh, friends but like those are fr- friends who we kind of finish each other's sentences, but like yeah. having like an actual in- like intelligent conversation where you're coming up with new ideas and you're like getting to know something like that is just this whole foreign concept. Like I'm actually impressed with myself right now. Like you understand what I'm saying. Yes, I think this yeah. is going fairly well. <laughs> like, quite, quite, I was quite a well. Bit quite well. Out before I was like, do I need to meditate again? Like, what am I going to talk about? Right. What are we talking like, but then I realized it's Vish too, and you definitely create a really nice bedding like a nice like just a nice soft place to land conversationally so i am very grateful for that but yeah so the the pandemic has been in a way it hasn't really changed much in my day-to-day but when i really need it most like i I am suffering a little bit Uh, i am happy that the the lockdown has like the guidelines have been lifted a bit in terms of that i can actually 
you know, have backyard hangs, socially distanced hangs with some people, yeah. especially my friends with kids who like, I miss those kids. Those are kids that I would take care of. Like <laughs> as soon as I'd be off tour, then I'd be able to hang out with all these little kiddos. So that has been, that's been great. But I do notice, um, of course, it's in my neighborhood, a lot of people are wearing masks, but in my neighborhood also, I'm um, like in any of the white ang- like neighborhoods, all the Anglo neighborhoods, nobody's wearing masks. Right. right. And then in all of the like more like working class and like black neighborhoods and like in Park X where it's more, yeah, like black and brown and uh, more immigrant. That's where everybody's wearing masks. And I feel like if you're not wearing a mask, just get out. Like it's, 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 it's almost racist. It's racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Wear a mask. Yeah. No, I don't. So uh, that's that's what I've I've noticed. Obviously, Montreal has its its racist issues, uh, yes, <laughs> so yes. that that hasn't changed. But uh, one thing at a time, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, like so, I I yeah. I'm I, first of all, thank you for the kind words and thank you for that response. It, it means uh, yeah. a lot to hear that from you. Um, I am similarly someone who is fairly self contained. If I can help it, I'd prefer to stay at home and do work and, yeah. and I mean I miss going out to events and I miss going out with my family to stuff but yeah. I'm also calm and so far I can deal with this are you learning about um like you're learning about yourself are you learning about how you you relate to other people you were just kind of talking about that observationally the people that you align with, but also the people that kind of upset you. <laughs> and I feel like part of this social isolation is actually teaching us a little bit about how we tend to socialize, like how we relate to people on the street and, and strangers. Have you found that? Are you kind of, do you, like, do you, do you miss the crowds of people? Do you miss taking them the, the metro, the subway, the bus or whatever? Like, or are you like, you know what? It's kind of nice. I don't have to deal with people. Do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, I well, I really love the incognito. I love the not having to deal with people, especially someone um, who's you know uh, female passing or women. Yeah, uh, like you know, who's someone who passes as a woman, woman presenting. I I don't know what to say anymore about that. The binary is completely just. I've had enough of it, and I don't like so. But someone who like me who presents as a woman who has been groped, assaulted mm-hmm. um, on some more times than I can count and than I care to. Um, I do feel save a couple of situations that happened with this guy with a flip phone who was kind of uh, filming under uh, women's skirts. That happened, but I find I'm really feeling the. I like the distance. Like I find it's almost this extra like, yeah, like stay away, like kind of like stay away because a lot of triggers for me are when people are really close, especially men, like and kind of walking yeah. behind. So so in that respect, I like it in the respect that I I like covering my face. I like not having to. But this is all from the perspective of some uh, – from a woman, um, a survivor of uh, – of the male gaze, which we can't get away from, but also yeah. just from actual physical assaults, sexual assaults. So yeah. I don't know how much that is informing my relief in these situations where I'm like, you know, a little, I, I feel more at ease uh, going out um, and, and I appreciate the, the distance. Yeah. But um, again, that could be completely just from my perspective of my, my lived in experience. Um, I do find it, that I am, I worry for other people. Like I, I tend to really go out of my way to give people even more space than I did before. Like, so in that way I get kind of, 
I find outings are a bit stressful. Going out with my dogs. Yeah. I find like just walking the dogs, which used to be like, oh yeah, three times a day we go out, go for long walks. Now it's kind of like, well, what are they getting on them? Like, are they, I have to go all the way into the street with, like, it just becomes all these other things to negotiate and, and then washing them. Like it just, it's all these other things to negotiate. So that's stressful. It's kind of, yeah. yeah. I think our relationships with each other, we're already a little fraught. Uh, We are, you know, you go out in the world and you feel like even if no one's really in your way, I I do feel like when I, I, cause I've been been living in Guelph and driving to Toronto, I kind of have observed the change and shift in driving habits. And I feel like it's symptomatic of some kind of social issues we're having where people just assume that, if you're in their way, you don't matter. And I'm going to, you know, I, I, yes. I, I might drive dangerously to get around you or whatever, but you don't really, you shouldn't be in my way. And I yes. feel like now, you, like you say, there's, I go to the grocery store in my mask and my gloves and there's tension. Like there's more, t- I'm used to getting stared at because I, th- I assume because I'm a brown man in a mostly right. white, white place. So I'm kind of used to those looks. But now... Right. The tension and the stress in the glares and the stares, we are more like you just described. I think it's fair to say, Liz, like suspicion of the outside. I took my dogs for a walk and I don't know what they're getting on them. Implicitly, you're kind of like people. Other people are going to make we're relying on other people to do the right things. Yes. And it's creating more and more tension between us than ever before. So I'm a bit concerned to the way forward here. And I think it's a leadership thing. I really wish, honestly, it was mandated somehow to say you have to wear a mask and you can't, you know, you you have to be, it seems very loosey-goosey. Would you, do you concur? Yes, I concur. I believe (laughs) that honestly for, just for our responsibility to others, I don't know in how many different uh, graphic ways, how many different cute pictures like I don't know how you're supposed to I'm not sure how you're supposed to get that message yeah. across to people who are resistant to the math like I, that's a whole area of like communication and like psychology like yeah h- how do you let people know that it's not a rule like not an authoritarian rule but it's out of a community spirited like yeah I don't know how you're supposed to to find the language to be able to to do that because I find even if we even even though I am for like mandating yes everybody needs to wear a mask uh, the same people who aren't wearing it anyway are not going to wear it even when the rules you know what I mean like even if you make it mandatory well it's more of like yeah. or you know what I mean like there's an erosion of like we're the least gal it's the worst time for all of this we're the least galvanized we've ever been we're very fractured in terms of how we consume information no yeah. one no one trusts one source everyone if you say like well here's a doctor Here's a epidemiologist. They've right. had 50 years experience. They'll say, well, I don't trust that person. I trust the the, the quack or whatever. And you can't. Yeah. So we have this, like there was always already this erosion of trust. And then that le- has led to an erosion of decorum. And now we're here. And, <laughs> and so we don't have a global organization, like say a World Health Organization to say everyone oh, needs God. to do this. But then when they try to do that, certain leaders around the planet will say, well, I don't believe in them and we're taking our money away from them. It's very, it's at the worst time to be uh, internet fractured as we have become. And that's, this is none of our business, you and me. We're not, we're not doctors, Liz. We're not scientists. Right, yeah. But I'm just, as a human who thinks about things, it's, it's weird. 
Well, so there it's the as a human and speaking to the humanity of it. Like I, that's what I think that's the um, the part for me that's most I guess depressing <laughs> is just that <laughs> is that we're not thinking about the like the human scale. Like we're not thinking of the humanity of it, and so that's that that blind spot I think is the hardest one to swallow because that's um, what are we doing then? But yes. yeah, in terms yeah. of leadership, it's pretty abysmal i don't even know if it's worth talking like no i mean i don't know I, how I to have, fix like, these it faces flashing yeah. in front of like yeah. i'm just like oh yeah bolsonaro oh yeah trump oh yeah like <laughs> yeah. trudeau like i'm just thinking like there it's just a cartoon it's just a circus of like uh, it's meaningless yeah. right now because they're yeah. not doing anything and on top of that also just all the other stuff that trudeau's not doing that we could also be talking about oh yeah yeah anyway yeah well in the midst of this what i would characterize then i guess as a communications breakdown among other kind of other kinds of breakdowns you have an album out called indistinct conversations which i thought was fascinating (laughs) and i don't know well i thought it was fascinating for like i say i was kind of I guess as the potential leader of this conversation to some extent, I was like, indistinct conversations. That's an interesting thing to sort of articulate. And I don't know where that sort of title comes from uh, because I feel like there's a lot of personal stuff going on on this record. And there's a lot of, um, it seems to me anyway, personal address of maybe a specific individual or what have you. I'm not sure. We can maybe talk about that. But let's. I I don't normally say, hey, what's your album title about? (laughs) But given that it's... You can ask me. It's from a very specific thing. So yeah, let, I, I just think given what we were just talking about in terms of how we communicate and socialize, and then you have this thing called Indistinct Conversations. And then for those who haven't heard the record yet, there are these, I think, unless I'm my speakers in every device are blown, they're kind of <laughs> m- very low-mixed low, low mixed kind of conversational fragments kind of coloring the record. And I thought, oh, there's something going on here about how we communicate and what we listen to and how we hear each other. What mm-hmm. what would you say is going on just in that title, that umbrella concept, Indistinct Conversations? Okay, so it's kind of a simple, almost, a, a, you know, first glance, a simple, almost um, disappointing answer. But then I think... <laughs> Well, because people would think like, oh, it's a, it's an album. I'm an artist. I'm like, you know, this is poetry. This is this is also I'm a rock musician who has hearing damage and who every time they watch oh. Netflix listens with I watch everything I watch with subtitles on. Closed captioning. So hmm. closed captioning. Well, not the closed captioning because that describe like. Oh right, right. Or what, what's it called? Like the descriptive video is yeah, very yeah, that's right. descriptive, but then there's just the ones that are subtitles, and I guess. Yeah, I guess actually this begs. I I guess I don't know the difference between descriptive and closed captioning. But the you, one with yeah. subtitles, and I guess it would be closed captioning because it's describing what's happening in. The, yeah, so indistinct conversations is always it's either indistinct chatter, indistinct conversations. Though, though that's kind of was a a theme. Maybe the fact that I noticed that and that I zeroed in mm-hmm. on that, and the fact that that resonated with me that. The idea of all this stuff being talked about, all these conversations happening in my presence, but not really being being able to make out exactly what's being said. So everything's kind of, you know, not being able to really discern 
what's being communicated around me. That to me is just a common, that's, that feels familiar to me hmm. since I was little. So I don't know what that's about. But I, but I also feel like the idea of not being kind of neurotypical for whatever reason and feeling like the world, the outside world, all these people around me, everyone I know is operating on this frequency that I can't quite key into. You know, like I feel like I'm just, like if I can just get a little closer, maybe I can hear, like if I just can, you know, put the the glass up to the door, like, but I can just never, I just felt like I, I could never really kind of be in, in on it. So whatever that feeling is, that's what informed, that's probably what prompted my reaction or my kind of, that's what resonated when I saw the indistinct conversations on the screen but then it like it kind of means probably a lot more than I would even understand. Like I tend to write records and then years later the the kind of theme or the meanings of the songs will reveal themselves. So it's kind of cool that way. But it also is probably frustrating for people who ask what the record's about because I'm not quite sure. It just kind of all reveals itself in little kind of pieces and little moments. But um huh. but yeah, that's that's the long and short of it no that, that's good i i have, <laughs> what i mean yeah yeah i i have this hokey notion that every song is kind of a conversation uh meaning it probably is like does that make sense i always think yeah of them as actually like, you're I, probably right actually like I, if i yeah <laughs> i think songwriters and you know you express yourself sometimes you're talking to others sometimes you're talking to yourself but pretending yeah. you're talking to others and then yeah then you put it out into the world and it's being kind of received by people and you don't know how they're receiving it or understanding it yeah. so i kind of thought maybe as you were just speaking it, it it seems to me that you are capturing the abstract nature of what you do generally in that <laughs> in that title like every song is kind of this indistinct conversation starter at least right Yes, that's, and yeah, and that's also just as, uh, as songs or as poems or as, it's even difficult for me to even call them songs sometimes until Bucky and Chris and we all kind of arrange it into this palatable, you know, something that's like over three minutes and it fits into, um, that, that mold. I sometimes feel like they're, yeah, they're on, um, open-ended conversations still too yeah, so yeah, yeah but yeah um yeah you're right and and some of it is stuff that I don't want to deal with like a, probably a lot of what I write about or what what goes into the songs are like and I keep it cryptic probably too because it's the stuff that's the most meaningful or the stuff that I, I really want to say the most but that I won't even write in my diary because I I'm worried that what I'll choke on a chicken bone or something, and then my diary will be read by somebody like a stranger. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. I think of like I don't even want to write this stuff because it scares me to write, or because I don't want to deal with it. So, I I put a melody into it, and I put this tone, or I kind of make it into this prayer, or I make it into this mantra, or I yeah. sculpt it in a way that I somehow I can process it or digest it, but it never really becomes like sometimes I I never understand it, or I can never really intellectualize it, or yeah, but it just it goes into the song, and then it's gone. Like it's like, and you push it off like a little boat, <laughs> like <laughs> down the river you go. <laughs> well, I I started this session with some ham-fisted psychoanalysis, or I wanted us to go that way. We've obviously jumped around all over the all over the place, but 
I want to get <laughs> I, I want to get back to the the fact that you you mentioned that you moved back to Montreal and you oh, moved yeah. into what seems to me and I can't keep track of everyone who's been in the band over the years, but you suggest that you have kind of circled back to the origins of Land of Talk with yes. with Bucky and Christopher, right? So Yes. And when I think of the origins of Land of Talk, when it came out of the gate, I was such a, you know, Liz, I've been a huge fan of your music since we were kids, I guess, really. We were both kind of kids, right? Yeah, I right? guess. Yeah, I didn't know you were a huge fan, but I always know you've been a champ. Like, you've always supported, but that's, but yeah, thank well, you. Well, like, back to, like, Liz, when you were Liz Powell and Lizzie Powell, and then you had, like, uh, what were you, LP? When I played with Aaron Riches. Yeah, that's right. Do you, you remember would, that? Uh, I played fiddle with Aaron Riches. Royal City All-Stars, he called it, I think. Yes! That's yeah. right. Saw you guys play at the Carden Street Cafe, which is no longer there, and uh, yeah, I think you were all sitting on the floor. At least Aaron was. Aaron is. Did you know Aaron and I? Aaron was just on the show. I li- yes, of course. I listened to it. That was great. That oh, was nice. Such a, I I loved that. That was. Uh, <laughs> uh, it brought me back to liter- I don't like. I don't like thinking of like the good old days, but those. Aaron, yeah, Aaron and you and the Guelph. That was the good old days. So was, yeah, that was a nice. It was pretty. Yeah, it was a fun time and it was formative for us. So that's probably why it was kind of fun and messy. Yeah, and, all and those it things. was important. And it was political and it was principle. Like I just felt like it was really meaningful too, and it shaped a lot of what I still absolutely uh, believe in today. So that was yeah, and your talk about Fugazi and yeah, and uh, just what authority is. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks for oh listening. Oh my god! Like, uh, wait, wait. I, I sometimes I write stuff down on uh, post-it notes that I. Oh, so you were list- uh, you were making notes for the essay I was going to well, make you write so, about that episode? Okay. No, just poetry. Like I wrote like oh. even what did I? Oh, I read. I have all these. I don't even know what. Like, like I have something. I don't even know what they're from because I don't quote. You're oh. like the universe full of gas and mystery. That's probably not what. <laughs> That's... Uh, I'd worry I'd lose <laughs> control and flip out. No, that's not that one. Where okay. is it? Uh, yeah, uh, authority is a presence that captures my heart. That's something that Aaron said. That's right. That's right. Authority is because you asked about, yeah, how does he negotiate kind of teaching theology or the like theology with them, I guess, like anarchy or what we were kind of doing back in the day, which anyway, I thought that and you asked what authority was. It's a bit of a clumsy line of questioning, but it is something that people... No, it's... Well, when you come from punk and you're always questioning parameters, and this is where I was kind of going. When Land of Talk leaped out of the speakers, it reminded me of more of a punk rock expression in the semi-traditional sense. Like, it was gritty. I thought you're... I think we've talked about this before. Some of your phrasing, I thought, was quite... In certain songs, I was like, this is someone who likes... Yeah. Guy Picciotto, uh, per, for example, yes. from Fugazi, right? Like, there's a there's a Land of Talk song where I think I asked you, like, is that from Smallpox Champion or what? Yes, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, what so, about, what about, what about? That's right. right now? Yes, totally, of course. Totally. So, um, so that, when it came out of the gate, I was just like, oh, my God, this is perfect. Like, this is a, it was like a perfect Guelph Montreal <laughs> sound and I it really resonated with me at the time and and so we're at a point oh, where you've happy. you've gone back to that configuration but yeah. but the delivery in terms of communicating emotions is a little different your singing is different um yeah your speak singing here and there I would say you're yeah you're singing more gently what is going on there and this has been an evolution like your singing has evolved throughout your records but as we land yeah. here as we land here and you're trying to communicate things that are loaded, emotionally loaded, but your delivery is a little more 
uh, measured, I guess. Yeah. What's going on there? Is there something going on there in terms of I'm going to chill Probably. as I express myself a little bit more instead of like going all in, like screaming or yelling or what have you? Yeah. Well, okay. I feel like there's probably just off the bat, because what do I know? But I feel like if I am, there's probably a couple things that informed that. We didn't have a rehearsal space anymore. Like I realized like a lot of the earlier records, we always had a space or I, I had a space where I could go to and be really loud and plug in, like just be like chaotic and loud and not and no you like it was always like in an industrial area or like a commercial area so um you know playing well into the night and now i feel like um like when i moved back i was subletting a friend's place and the walls were paper thin and i was doing a lot of and then we were recording not in a studio i mean um this is the first time where i i guess also let's be honest there uh, there was no money to to yeah. make like even a to make a twenty thousand dollar record or even a ten thousand dollar record. Like we did a lot with very little. And Chris McCarran, who is a wizard, in, you know, in a number of areas, uh, ended up getting all these great deals on like used gear, and we built a studio in the in Bucky's basement. Bucky and I and Chris, we just kind of figured out how to make a record. Like so, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of, and then the the hours that we were working were kind of not conducive to, like losing our shit. You know, like I feel like also um, the the demos for the record before this one, Life After Youth. Bucky and I met in Toronto. He he was coming from Montreal, and I would be I came in from my hometown, like Aurelia, which was north of Toronto. Yeah, we met in Toronto, and Charles Spearin of Do Make Say Think and um, uh, Broken and The Happiness Project. We don't, I don't know if you even need Char- an introduction. Char- but Charlie's been on the show, yeah. People, people, Charlie, uh, a few, amazing. A few episodes, a uh, hundred, couple hundred episodes ago, Charlie's been on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we yeah. know and love Charlie. <laughs> Charlie Spearing, yeah. Humble, yeah. complex, beautiful, poet, philosopher. Like, so anyway, Jen, totally generous. He lent us his rehearsal space so a lot of like so Bucky and I for a couple nights were just going off and we have a lot of demos of these like way heavier songs that then just like we couldn't we didn't make it onto Life After Youth and we were kind of trying to get them onto this record but just I think just a lot of circumstance was keeping us from being able to kind of go full out um, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. would also mean if, if the music isn't really loud then I'm probably not going to be projecting you know like if, if the vibe's not there I'm not going to just um, kind of impose uh, a more kind of declarative or like a, a punk vibe, yeah. but that still wants like that's I still want to let that out, and I still uh, I just we need the room to do it in. So I feel like, but I also feel like Kurt Vi- like discovering Kurt Vile, yeah, and his delivery, his delivery of kind of like this conversational kind of like he's talking to himself. He doesn't have a lot to prove, like. I don't know what it is, but I just, that really, it showed me that I don't have to yell and scream to get a point across. And that also, like vocally, I don't want to do that to myself every night. Like, so, so I feel like there's like a, a, probably four or five things that are informing why the record is a little bit more uh, relaxed in its vocal delivery and stuff. But um, you know, but it uh, doesn't I, mean I, that I don't want to not, like, I still, I still have a lot to... Uh, to sing loudly about but yeah just not for this record i think this needed to be a little bit more of a 
a calm, a calm endeavor. You know, I, I don't know that people recognize just how physically taxing uh, singing with great passion night after night on tour can, oh. can be. I interviewed uh, Guy Picciotto, as we I alluded yeah. to earlier, and sometime during the Fugazi hiatus, I just was asking him about some aspect of that. And he said that I, I, he's like, I don't think people realize just how like I can't by the end of a tour, I could barely get up. Like I couldn't yes. talk yes. and I couldn't is physically. Yes. We put everything into every show and I couldn't yes. do it anymore. So like on some level, he was like, I don't quite miss it per se. Like, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but no, 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 of, no, I he, feel you. Though. he was kind yeah. of alluding to the fact, like, I don't think people recognize just how exhausting it was. And also like, to your point, Kurt Vile, Leonard Cohen, Courtney Barnett, Bill Callahan. I was going to say Courtney too. Yeah, yeah totally. David Berman. I, yeah. There, there are certain people who put a lot of passion forth in sort of speak singing. Um, and, yeah. and like, there's so much passion in Bill. I don't want to spoil anything, but the first song on the new Bill Callahan album that's going to be out at some point. <gasps> I just got shivers. What? Yeah, I also Bill Callahan. Sorry. I don't want to ruin. Oh I don't want to ruin a joke, but he quotes. I'm not going to ruin, ruin the joke. it for me. Well, I know, it. but there's other people ruin who are saying everyone, I don't want to. Should please. I ruin it for everyone? Okay. I'll ruin it for everyone. Well, there's a very. Let me just say this. There's a I very hate surprises. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you after we're done for real. I don't want to ruin Bill's <laughs> joke, but but what I'll allude to the fact is he starts his new record. <gasps> by quoting a very famous opening introduction from a live country album. Mm-hmm. It's just a statement, but it makes me laugh every time I hear it. And it <laughs> has nothing to do with the song. He just says something. And it's just he has yes. a way of of putting forth so much emotion and humor yes. and path, like pathos. Like he, there's people like that. And I feel like you're yes. maybe, are you in there? You're trying to go, like you're trying to find what? that. What? Well, you, well, if you... Well, I'm I'll not trying to put you in the same gift basket right now. If you do, <laughs> what's your address? No, you are. You are. No, you. I, I just think I, that that speaks like that. That first of all, yeah, Bill Callahan. Oof, I would have also <laughs> mentioned him, but that just seems to be implied. Like I feel like also with in some conversations about music, they're just things that are implied. Like Fugazi. Yes, yeah. we don't even need to go there. Yeah, and sure. also Bill Callahan. Obvious. Like yes, I. You know. Yeah. And Will Oldham. This kind of. And you know what? I was watching a documentary. On um, Stephen Sondheim. Yeah, yeah. I, I realized, uh, what is the song? Send in the Clowns? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that song and just the kind of this, this, his, the conversational, the, the way it's delivered and the way, and a lot of musicals is kind of this like there's these spoken moments and they go into song. I realized how much uh, I had a music box that played that little, it was like a jewelry box that when you opened the drawer, mm-hmm. it played Send in the Clowns. And I'm, I kind of started thinking about, you know, I I often overlook that, or maybe I don't take it seriously, or I don't. But there are parts of my musical influences too that come from uh, like, like early childhood memories of music and of vocal, like of of uh, uh, even like Sound of Music, like just the yeah. way that that the, a vocal line would would be delivered. And sometimes, yeah, in that kind of talky way. And I always thought, why don't I do that more? Why am I always rel- <laughs> why, why why am I always singing? Why can't I do that? Well, Kim Gordon kind of thing. Yes, you know? there's a mistake. So in a, cool it is, and there's a mistake in in assuming that someone who speaks singing, so to speak, is dispassionate. I guess what we're yeah, what yeah. we're getting at is like there's a lot of emotion in people yes. speaking to one another, and when they put it in a song, 
it gives the narrative they're even conveying a whole new weight or, or meaning. And I think that's going on here uh, for sure. Nice. I, I did allude to the fact that I thought perhaps these are songs or some of the songs might be about specific people or I feel yes. there's a lot of storytelling here. Um, yes. I don't want to pry too much, but would you do you did you have a particular subject in mind or are they are these songs? I don't know. No. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I'm trying to think like and again, like my memory is so it's just really bad. <laughs> like, I don't know how like and it's only getting worse. But and so especially for like the songwriting process, I'm starting to try and even for the next record, I'm trying now to keep really clear notes uh, as to even what inspired a song. Because I'm curious now, like yeah. what the heck, if I'm just like, it's like I'm just flying by the seat of my proverbial pants so creatively. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, whoa, where's this song? Like, I'm just this passenger. Uh-huh. And that's great and all, but I am starting to get curious about like, what are my songs about? And maybe can I make them about something like am I just this conduit or what, what is this attitude? Like, can I be a little, can I have a little bit more agency in my song or do I have enough? And is this what like, but so sometimes to think about what the song is about takes me in this whole, not down a rabbit hole, but yeah. I think, or, or I don't want to, um, I don't want to like disappoint people when they realize, Oh, this whole song was just built around one sentence. Like, and then you just felt like you like, cause there's a like the the new song that just came out um now you want to live in the light there's a line that's just like um take a deep breath and you reach out to me and this is like sad but it, when my granny was palliative i would just sit by her bed and hold her hand mm-hmm. um or i would take her hand if she like and i remember whatever right in her moments of before she passed i just remember her taking a big breath and then her hand kind of moved over to my hand like she was grabbing my hand so that to me is this moment that yeah i don't know how to write a three and a half minute pop song about it but i'm feeling something hard and i'm playing these chords and i'm singing this line and it's just for me it's really healing and for me you know like that's enough but then i also realize hmm what else am i kind of saying here so it's almost like every song of mine is based on a true story it's based on a conversation or it's based on something i wished was really going to happen or something that really did happen it's based on that but then i kind of take these these tangents which may be just because of the way the melody goes now i'm thinking hmm that's the melody takes me to another place that's inspired by something else so sometimes it's like a it's a it's a bit of a mixed bag, but it's always like a mixed bag of meaningful things. But it's it's not ever it's not like this linear yeah. thing. It's very stream of consciousness. But and I know like weight of that weekend. Yeah, like there's a very Montreal like, flavor too. Like there seem you seem to be just want, you mentioned Montreal, but you clearly missed the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I did say I do say uh, yes. It was a rough night. It is Montreal. Yeah, which is um, a very Montreal thing to say in some ways. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, and so, so there's little things like that where I just, I I feel like these are little breadcrumbs. Like for me, I it I, it just imbues or it kind of just evokes this little, um, even a color or a feeling or just like a, a scene or imagery. Like, yeah. and so it's in a way, these are just kind of, it's just, it's just poetry, you know, like sure. a lot of it is poetry. 
I'm sure if you saw it on the page, I don't know if you like, but I just it kind of I read for it. Me, I, it I read, comes alive with music. Yeah, I so. read the I read the lyrics on the page as well. So I I, I hear what you're saying, and you, clearly you've oh. already you've already <laughs> revealed to us that you're something of a post-it note poet. It sounds like you've. you've... I didn't believe, I can't believe I just I need to look at my wall too, and I'm like, oh my god, if anybody saw this, it looks like I'm no, like it's, it's... a detective, like with all, like a like an amateur detective. <laughs> well, no, I I, who I, I caper is. I appreciate your candor. No, it's it's nice. We've talked about your singing, your delivery, some of the intent. I'm curious yeah. about the sound of the record and how that relates to that, and particularly your approach to guitar playing, because I think there's some stuff going on here that you've dabbled in before, but is there something more <laughs> distinct going on with your approach to guitar playing here? Uh, this is completely I um, like a very laissez-faire. I was trying to be very much effortless. Like I used to get so stressed out about... I kind of felt like I was playing guitar for all the quote unquote women in the world. Like I, I kind of felt like I had to either, I, I felt apologetic if I wasn't virtuosic and I can't play like a lead kind of guitar solo, yeah. very quote unquote well, like I'm not. Supposedly. But I, I remember you, like, you used to do those Instagram guitar lessons. I don't know if you're still doing them, but they were, I can't remember. Are you? Wait, what was I doing? Didn't you do like an Instagram guitar lessons where you would, because yeah, you kind of made yeah. up chords sometimes and you're like, yes. yeah, I play guitar kind of weird. So I'm going to teach you how to play some of my songs because they're odd. Yes. And yes. people have been asking me, have you kept that up? Um, no, I, uh, <laughs> no, but only because I, I, th- those are all the songs that I could teach on an acoustic, a oh, lot of my okay. songs. And I just don't, again, it's always circumstantial. I, a lot of the songs I can only play like on my SG just because I have better facility up there on the fretboard because sure, sure. I play everything so high up because I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I appreciate it as an instructive. And again, we were oh, talking. Awesome. Well, we were talking about leadership before. And I feel like, again, people may bristle, as Aaron said, Aaron Riches said in our conversation about. Yes. And I mentioned Steve Albini and Ian Mackay bristling when yes. I suggested they might. And I can see you doing the same. But I, I think you take your role as a public performer who might pass as a woman seriously i th- i feel like you take some responsibility in that role generally yes right yes. you're like oh totally okay it's so, not too yeah. much like yes definitely right because you yes. you remember what it was like maybe to have or not have people doing that in like people you admired put out a record toured it that maybe that's it other people said hey i want to have I know that you might be struggling. Here's my path. Here's a here's an entry point into a path to get you going. I feel like you have that a little bit. That's a little Guelph too, I feel like. We yes, we learn you know from what? each other and yep. we try to teach each other something and I okay, you seem to agree we that We care. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yes, it's very I feel like again, that's that's a more of like a community uh a community care minded kind of hands out type of yeah. um uh, be, being a neighbor, being a um, not an elder, or I feel like as I'm getting older too, I just I want to be uh, aware of uh, kind of what would make what will make me a a good elder, so to speak, and how I can uh, be the best I can be to people who might look to me for either because they see something in themselves in me, or you know maybe I'm doing something just a little bit left of center that is kind of they're seeing some freedom in that so that i do take 
very seriously because I have relied on that in other people. Yeah, so yeah. In I, the same way that, yeah, like Aaron talked about Ian, just like that I would hope that people, yeah, I, I give that to people. I think when enough people ask you how you got started, you start to recognize that, oh, that's a question that's circulating. How do I start doing what you do? Um, how do I just start? Because that's the hardest thing. It's People often say, how do you write a book to people who write books? And they say, I just start and then I go. And it sounds yeah. simple, but like that's what people need to hear. Oh, you just start and you see what you happens. You just do it. Yes. Yeah. So and I feel- you got to see somebody just do it. You yeah. know, you got you to gotta actually know somebody who isn't super impressive. You know, like just oh, here's a normal person that uh, is by no means any more trained than anybody else. But just you got to do it. Obviously, I have – again, see, I got to watch what I – how I say things because there's a, a tre- tremendous amount of opportunity and privilege yeah, yeah, that also sure. has helped sure. me. So I just, ugh. no, but I know yeah. it's difficult, but, but yeah. the, we've landed here because I simply asked you about your guitar playing and you said you take, I think it speaks to what I'm getting at. You said oh, you started to feel, well, you, you, you were saying, <laughs> you were saying you take, you take your guitar playing a little self, you, you're a little self-conscious about doing it well. And I yes. think part of it is, you know, people are watching you and not necessarily in that, male or musician gaze way i think you know that there are people coming up who need to learn I, i'm sorry i might be i might be imbuing you with too much responsibility and forgive me if no, i am no, go for it. but i do go feel like you that's the responsibility i think you take is like other people need to know how to do this i kind of know how to do it or i think i know how to do it here's how i did it maybe this will get other women or other other people to, yeah to do it is that fair yeah, okay. like just sharing sharing tools. I think that's something yes. that I definitely uh, is meaningful to me and something that I I do try that I do think is important. You got you share your tools. It's like the decent uh, cool thing to do. Like I, you know, like something that has helped you. Obviously, I, you want that to if it can help even one person. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and awesome. And yeah. I know that could sound trite or that could sound like, but it's but I mean it. So. So it's not <laughs> right. So, so you, you switched gears a little bit with your guitar playing in some ways. There's more acoustic guitar. I feel like you're playing a bit more minimally sometimes. Yes. Yeah. So yes, I, I wanted to spend less time thinking about what I was playing because I have I've gone down that. I've started doing it again, where I'm just I fall in love with building these chords and these voicings. Like I yeah. I do fall in love with. Like it just. It, I could create worlds and I can just listen to the same four chord progression as long as one note is kind of moving around in there differently. Like I could listen to that. Although I, anyway, I just, I love it. So I was trying to go a different way and not get so distracted with how I'm building, like not to get too lush with the building the chords. And I wanted to leave some, I wanted to leave a lot of space for then other outside ears outside eyes or to 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 interpret it like eric hove who's an incredible horn player and who plays flute i didn't realize that Hmm. until until bucky was like oh yeah eric came by and he played on a couple tracks and (laughs) and i had no idea he was such an incredible flautist but right right. so yeah and then like parker spur who's this great keyboard player just i wanted to just step back because i already know the notes that i would I already know what kind of sonic tapestry I would kind of build and weave. And I just wanted to know what it would be like if I stepped back and just trusted, you know, Pietro also. Oh, my gosh. Pietro Amato, oh, nice. French horn player, keyboard player, 
he has played on he played on the last record uh he's toured with us um he knows he like we went to Concordia to the music program together and the sound recording program he pays attention to things that I don't even realize I'm doing in rehearsals or even before we were in a band together he can remember stuff about how I would just play the MIA album like over and over again <laughs> in my van like and he would he remembered me like like banging on the dashboard like so he has like I love that I'm I kind of stepped back and just trusted the players that I've been playing with forever and you know me to just play the music like just play what the song asks for so that was kind of cool but yes you're not wrong in noticing that I'm not like filling up I'm not filling it up with my guitar yeah, playing yeah and that's not to say that I won't fill up the next record with my guitar playing <laughs> but for this one I just I don't know I just kind of wanted a break and in terms of playing these songs live which I can't believe is even uh, like a, a, I can't even believe I'm, I'm wondering if we're ever going to play these songs live yeah, again but yeah. I was thinking of a live set and how sometimes just in terms of like Guy Picciotto was talking about the, just the physical strain. Like there are certain songs after I'm playing them, um, I just physically, I'm feeling like, cause I really do get in physically to the whole song. Yeah, yeah. The chords sometimes I'm doing are just the stretches or they're just like really, they're just kind of uncomfortable, yeah. comfortable songs to play. So I was also kind of trying to give myself some respite and create these songs that are almost more like meditations or just like, it's just they're deep, the deep breaths. Yeah. These are like the deep breaths of our discography. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's interesting that the record's called Indistinct Conversations, and yet you're talking about getting things out more directly, I think. Yeah, weird. Funny how that happens. I think it's, you're right. it's, it's probably a note about this uh, on a post-it on your wall, just explaining. It'll uncrack the whole code. I'm trying my best. It's true. It's true. Consider me a, the personification of a post-it note at this point. I'm just doing my best. I'm like a private eye. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm, gonna, I'm becoming a cartoonist, too, so soon there'll be illustrated post-it notes. <laughs> well, I, I want to congratulate you on, on this record, uh, Liz. It's out on Dynalone Records, I believe. Yes? Yeah, yes? Dynalone yeah. in Canada and Saddle Creek in the States. Right. So you mentioned the tour part. What is sort of next? Like, what do you do? Do you have, Oh my gosh! in terms knows? of activity I, for this record, let's, I want to get to that, but are you writing? Have you been writing since you wrote this? Yes. Song? Okay. Yes. Yes. Lots of writing happening and yeah. Oh, and yeah, Bucky, um, we did two days in the studio, oh. um, already just recording new stuff. Great. Um, it's pretty exciting. Oh, and I sent him some other stuff too. Yeah, and there's another. Yeah, there's. Oh, there's probably there's like a whole record. Okay, great. That's awesome. Ready to go. I almost feel like we should have just waited, and then we should just release a double record when the, <laughs> when the pandemic fades. Yeah. Just fades away. Yeah. Apparently, that's what it's going to do. So. Yeah, it just fades away. Are you gonna? Are you okay in terms of? I, this is a weird question, but I have been asking musicians this. Like, are you going to be able to? you know, stave off uh, financial calamity for the time being? Like, are you okay? Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't <laughs> even know if I should say this, but it's so frustrating. I've been a, like, like, Curb has saved me. First right. of all, I was living, I, I was living in a place that I couldn't afford because I didn't know Montreal hated dogs. Oh, right. So yeah. to live in a place that I thought would, co- I, I thought, you know, I could spend $700, $700 a month or $800 a month max, or, you know, like 
well, anyway, you can't do that. And I was one person. So I was spending $1,500 a month oh for two God. years oh, to live way beyond my means. I went into so much debt. Finally, right before the, like February, um, a friend of a friend had to leave almost fly by night. And um, she gave me her place, which is so affordable. Good, it's half good. of what I was paying. I could finally get a leg up. And it's right when Curb went into play too. So oh, okay, as much good. as I'm not paying off my debts, I still now I can afford to live yeah. and uh, live with my dogs. And uh, I don't, but unfortunately, because they say you can't make more than a thousand dollars in that month. Curb? Yeah, yeah. Through the curb, as a musician, you never know what a royalty payment is going to be, and oh, a royalty payment mm. is quarterly. Mm. So I'm not sure anyway. I'm just going to say it because I think I got, but I got paid a royalty <laughs> payment of a thousand and three dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> and it went direct deposit. Sorry. So now yeah. I'm no. It's like yeah. So. So, and I think the rule is now that, so now I can't get the next curb payment because of $3. Oh my God. Listen, I... For like uh, yeah. a, a royalty, which I'm grateful that I got it, but I have never gotten more than like, I think my last royalty payment from that place was like $33 back into like, Weird. so I never in a million years would have thought I would get, of all the times I could get more than a thousand dollar royalty, it's during COVID. Anyway, so I don't know financially, I'm also doing... Um, I've slowly opened, I've opened up my bubble to my, f uh, best friend's family and I'm helping her take care of her okay. two kids. So that's helping me twice a week. But yeah, I mean, financially, I mean, it's not like music was like music was barely paying the bills, but at least consistently, if we were getting underpaid, at least like a bunch of gigs that have you underpaid is still, you're getting paid. <laughs> now it's like, yeah. there's not even <laughs> that. So yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen i, I've I been, hope uh, yeah I've been, something i've been having these kind of roundabout conversations with music, musicians about this and i had uh joe casey from proto martyr on my show recently we didn't really dig into it and i found out subsequently through an interview he did that uh, you know he just frankly said someone just asked him that kind of question and he said our band shares a bank account and it's almost done and we don't know that we can't tour we make all our money from touring yeah so it occurred to me like yeah i didn't ask joe about that i should just the reality for musicians without touring and venues is something we've kind of, I think, compartmentalized because for some of us, there's a bigger picture to worry about in terms of health and safety and all yeah. that stuff. But this is a real financial reality that I'm trying to help spread the word about things for musicians. I think in my mind, it's it's something I'm trying to do with all my work here and... Um, all I can say is, at this point, best of luck. I don't know what to say. I mean, I hope... Right? You, well, yeah. thank you. And But it also speaks... There's also the... Lar like, within the... Well, I know the the music, the the indie rock music scene, which is what I know best. Yeah. Um, it It is a lot of... Like, not, not to say that we aren't struggling, but we are... A, it's a white industry. Yeah. It's a privileged industry. Mm -hmm. Many of the musicians do come from family... You know, like... I, it is a problem and I do, and a lot of people are struggling and it's like dire straits for a lot of people. But also, um, I also, again, would be remiss not to just highlight the fact that yes, of all the industries, I still, of, of the, of the artists who are struggling the most, it's probably not going to be the white indie artists. It's probably right. going to, you know, it's, it's yeah. the black trans artists and it's the indigenous artists. So like th that would, that's also a whole other level, like the yeah. music industry, if it is going to go, if it is going to happen again, I, I really hope it, happens in a different way yeah but yeah okay 
Well, Liz, thanks for this. So again, so Dino Lone Records, Saddle Creek, uh, the new album is called Indistinct Conversations. Uh, I want to ask you if, oh, first of all, if, if you want people to kind of keep track of your doings, happenings, do you have places you want to send them, like on the internet or? Yeah, I think that um, like the Land of Talk music uh, Instagram page is sort of the hub. Okay. And that I think that and that's where I do that's where my presence is when I am on social media. Okay. It will be there and that's where I keep everybody <laughs> abreast. And then there right. will be a link to um I think right now there is a link to all of the uh, listening platforms and you can pre-order the album, you can listen mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So just Land of Talk Music is our Instagram, okay. and I say go to that, and okay. then that, that'll take you where you need to be. Sweet. If there's a song from the record that we can go out on, uh, which song would you pick and why? Um, I think I would pick um, I would pick Weight of That Weekend. Okay. Because. It's the first time that I address, and a lot of this is addressing, a lot of this record, I, I realize, is addressing um, uh, the Me Too movement and being, you know, coerced into things and not necessarily always having uh, the power in uh, certain situations. So this is, I think, Weight of That Weekend is the first time when I'm, this is me um, calling out the gaslighting and the uh and also uh letting myself know uh and other survivors know um that mm. there is you know life after after all of that and that it's okay to to want for something better for yourself so so yeah i think weight of that weekend is and it all happened kind of after this weekend of just another instance of uh, being at the hands literally of a man who doesn't take no for an answer and frankly if you can't take no for an answer you shouldn't be having sex so that's that's what i'm gonna say you know okay uh yeah i appreciate that it's uh, well said and this is way to that weekend by land to talk Uh, liz thank you for making music thank you for this time and i wish you the best luck with everything going forward Thank you, Vish. Um, same. And yeah, all the best to your family. And um, I hope we get to do this again. And I hope we get to see each other at <laughs> yeah, some point. Me too. In Absolutely. Near <laughs> okay. Take care, Vish. And fuck you, Debbie. Always come at me from a different angle. Make me think I don't understand how I'm feeling to the feeling
on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Very special thanks to Elizabeth Powell for returning to this, the 555th episode of Creative Control. Thanks, Lizzie. Thanks for coming back on the show. Creative Control is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available on all Apple and Google platforms and other things Two, if you can't find an episode that you've heard about and are looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my semi-regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, at vishcreative or at vishkana. You can also visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. Again, $6 or more a month gets you access to exclusive audio content. Fugazi came up a bunch on this episode with Liz. There's some Fugazi content there that I have not posted on the regular stream from my archives. There's probably, based on the number of times I've spoken with members of Fugazi, there's probably more Fugazi-related content. Anyway, I'm not trying to use Fugazi as a lure necessarily. I'm just saying that's the kind of stuff that you might get 
if you support the show on patreon.com slash creative control you can also support the show even if you don't want to hear another thing maybe you're happy with what you're hearing and you want to you know put some money forward that would be great patreon.com slash creative control thanks again to live at masseyhall.com where you can watch beautifully captured concerts by great canadian artists also for their in-kind support of the show pizza trocadero the bookshelf and planet bean coffee in guelph and granddad's donuts in hamilton also my dear friend and liz's good friend jim guthrie jim lets me use some music of his on the show you should learn more about jim and the music he lends to people and just hands out to people randomly at jimguthrie.org and finally thank you very much for listening to this episode uh, all about land of talk and uh, for maybe checking out other episodes of the show maybe the last time land of talk was on the show you can listen to that one it's in there somewhere i don't remember which episode number but it's there and lots of other great stuff too listen to other episodes subscribe to the show tell your friends about the show that would all be great i will talk to you very soon goodbye for now When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.